0: our economy is crashing inflation is out of control why are conservatives bad mommy because i thought we were supposed to conserve (laughs) they'd actually breathe in my nostrils to make me move russia has joined with china (laughs) the usa is a mess this is not real I never like talking about abortion. You ever like? Did you ever feel uncomfortable talking about a, abortion? I know if you were a guy in your twenties and you got into an abortion debate with with a gal in your twenties, uh, that that was going to be a very short conversation, unless the woman is against abortion. Isn't that interesting? Because in my experience of life, what I have found is that abortion is not really an issue that any man can ever talk about and, and, and be able to claim they have the experience of it. Now, that's changed now because we have so many different genders. But, you know, it's an interesting perspective because if you're a guy and you're talking about abortion and you are uh, engaged in a conversation with a woman about it, the first thing you want to do as a, as a guy is figure out what that person's position is and then you would, you know, handle it accordingly. So the debate might go, yeah, you know, over in Alabama, they want to uh, make it a crime if you drop a carton of embryos on the floor and all the embryos get destroyed. They want to make it a crime. Now, you you, you said what happened, but you haven't stated your position. You just said what happened. The woman says one of two things. She either agrees that it's a crime, which would mean that she is pro-life, pro pro pro-life, which means anti-abortion. Uh, or she would say, well, that doesn't seem very fair. We should protect our right to be able to drop a, a case of embryos on the floor. And, and that's what the debate is right now with uh, Alabama. Because they just now, the Supreme Court took up the issue of whether or not dropping a case of frozen embryos on the floor. Because it's something that I think happens more often than I, I even imagine. But back to the, the girl-boy uh, conversation. You know, it's, it's one of those things we've always had to navigate. Because nobody's really sure if, because we don't want to say, you know, you don't have a right to choose what you want to do with your body. That seems counterintuitive. At least it seemed to me. I wish somebody had asked me if I'd wanted a circumcision. You know, am I glad that I had it? Sure. But, you know, if I didn't, would I go do one now? I don't know if I would or not. My body, my choice, right? But the argument doesn't work if you use that same logic for something like uh, an untested vaccine. You can say, my body, my choice. Then someone else says, yeah, but now you're affecting everyone. If you get sick, this was before we knew the vaccines didn't work, mind you. But if you get sick, you can get me sick, notwithstanding that I had the vaccine. Anyway, so yeah, the argument doesn't work for vaccinations or anything where you have a force mandated medical experiment being foisted on you, i.e. Tuskegee Airmen. And that's basically what happened. So since I started hosting this program, I've talked to the Reverend Jim Harden quite a bit. We've had probably 50 conversations about all the different angles of abortion and how it came to be. And and if you don't remember or recall, uh, abortion first emerged um, in Chicago with Margaret Sanger. Margaret Sanger was noticing a rise in the number of impoverished black children and she believed and she got a coalition together of fe- fellow supporters and they instituted a program where they were basically making it possible for african american moms unexpected mothers to be able to get an abortion now i we've come to know that as uh euthanasia no it's what is it called uh infanticide it's infanticide. And um, and whether you want to throw in the religious or the racial component, uh, but Margaret Sanger really wanted to try to limit the population of black children in Chicago because there were so many African Americans that were poor. So that's what that is. And when Hitler tried it with the Jews, well, you know, we weren't okay with that. Right? But it's essentially the same thing. You're taking a life and you're eliminating it before it has an, an opportunity to express itself. And that's what abortion is to me, at least. Uh, I think it was the Malay guy down in Venezuela. No, uh, is it Venezuela? Argentina? Argentina. Who, who said it best that it is not just your body, your choice, because there's another person who is involved. And that's what it comes down to is what constitutes a person. Now, in the Alabama case, what the state Supreme Court of Alabama is saying is that an embryo is about as close as you're going to get to being a person because all that is needed is sperm. But my wife made the point, well, if that's the case, then all men uh, are guilty of mass murder. If you know what I mean, wink, wink, nod, nod. Do I have to be specific? So now you're talking about an embryo, a cultured embryo, and sperm. Both of those have the potential to be life. They haven't conceived yet. The cells aren't proliferating. They haven't made contact. But they're potential life. Because you can't have one without the other. So that's what the argument really should be about. Uh, The fact that people have embryos frozen tells me that they want to preserve the ability to have children because maybe something's wrong with them. maybe. And I know that a lot of people, a lot of friends, who've had difficulty having children. And so what the mother sometimes will do is save the embryo so that when the husband can produce sperm that's healthy and can get the job done, as they say, that's the time when it's consummated. That seems logical. But now they're turning this frozen embryo thing into something else that's just strange, and I, I say, why do? Why are we having this kind of a discussion? Of course, the uh, I wouldn't. Nobody's going to go to jail over this, right? If a, if a nurse is walking down the hallway in a medical institution, and she has in her hands a case of frozen embryos, and she's running because they're frozen, and she doesn't want them to thaw, and she trips and she falls and splat, and what? The sheriffs are going to show up and drag her to jail for murder. I don't think so. I don't think that's the where we're going here. That would be strange to me. There, there's no logic. But you know, I miss the old days. I, I do, and and and, I, and it reminds me, <laughs> oddly enough, it reminds me of this very funny moment on television that I don't think would make TV today. So if you're sensitive to the discussion of abortion. Cover your ears for the next minute and ten seconds, because I got a good one for you tonight on uh, Point Counterpoint. Jane and I will argue federal aid for abortions. Jane will take the point for federal aid, and I will take the counterpoint against Jane. Safe abortions have always been available to the rich, Dan. You simply want to deny them to the poor, and if you succeed, poor women will be forced to get them anyway. They'll be forced back into the alleys with hangers, plungers, and vacuum cleaners, risking death or mutilation. But you'd like that, wouldn't you, Dan? You sadistic elitist, sexist, racist, anti-humanist pig. Jane, you ignorant misguided slut. you missed the point entirely. Why should I pay hard-earned tax dollars so welfare tarts can have sex anytime they want without regard to consequences? Haven't these bimbos heard of abstinence? I, myself, haven't had sex for two years and I'm rich. Why should I foot the bill for killing unborn infants anyway? I'll pay for something practical like sterilization, but abortions never, with one exception. If I'd been around when your mother was carrying you, not only would I have paid for the abortion, but I would have performed it myself. (laughs) Uh, do you think they can make it on TV today? I think it could. It would have to be like at 3 in the morning, right? Uh, as a follow-up, it is interesting to note that uh, in Europe, and I believe in Italy and maybe France, uh, they only allow the production of one frozen embryo or perhaps two at a time. So there is actually a law in some European countries that don't allow for the mass production of... Of embryos, so that's an interesting moral twist to it. But again, it's it's always one of those arguments. I mean, I'm glad that Reverend Hardin joins us every Tuesday and talks about what's going on. And I think it's a real tragedy that people who are expressing their religious convictions in front of a clinic, where you have people going in talking to the doctors on the inside about what to do, uh, because the problem is that it is an industry. We have to recognize and be honest with ourselves. The abortion industry is a multi-billion-dollar a year industry. There, what uh, the average is about six hundred and twenty thousand abortions a year. That's a lot. I I think that's an extraordinary number, and you know, it's not my position, right? That's that's the thing. There's that invisible wall that a man faces when he's talking about this subject, but I don't think that a eighty-year-old woman reading from Timothy five or whatever scripture she's reading, should have to go to jail. That seems ridiculous, because if you what, what rights does that person have to express themselves? They're trying to save what they think and what they believe in their heart of hearts. is a child, and because it's a child, that person fervently is trying to fight for the survival of that child, and to me, there's nothing morally repugnant about that at all. It's like throwing someone a lifeline when you see them drowning. You want to do something, and that is what makes us moral. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We've got a busy show for you. Lots of news to cover. Stephen Smith will be joining us. Also, Jon Stewart has a few things to say about Tucker Carlson, and so do I. And uh, O'Leary, Mr. Wonderful, with some insight. Stay tuned. Strap yourself in. You're listening to Speaking Out, Jim Watkins on CRN Talk.